Welcome to the first episode of Terra Nova, a horror podcast featuring your main host, Kendall Burton and Jacqueline Martinez. This podcast is about everything horror. We'll talk about movies and all of the crazy stuff in between. We, we are super horror fans and we just like to talk about anything horror. Today, we will be talking about Sleepaway Camp, the iconic cult classic from the 80s. But before we get to that, I want you to hear the voice of my co-host, <laughs> Jackie. You gotta say something. I still can get over the ending. <laughs> I you will know, never get over a, the ending. That is, that is a perfect place to start. Uh, that face will forever be stuck in my brain. I definitely think about it at random walks sometimes. I'm just outside jogging, and I'm like, you know what? I wonder what Angela's doing right now. So <laughs> it's definitely, uh, definitely memorable to say the least. Uh, before we, uh, before I guess before you even get into the specifics of it all, how did, how did you like the movie? Like, what was your first impression of the movie? Like, fans kind of caught on to it over time. It's reviewed pretty well in general. If you look at like Rotten Tomatoes and other movie sites, they kind of reviewed it generally well. So, what, what were your first impressions of it? I was kind of surprised because, like, I've never seen the movie before. I've always heard about it. Um, it was actually pretty decent for an '80s slasher movie. Like, the effects was good. Um, Storyline really caught me off guard the twists and turns but other than that it was really good and i actually enjoyed it it's pretty pretty decent i thought going into it was pretty much going to be friday the 13th because that's kind of what every horror movie was in the 80s like Same. a bunch of people get into a location and then they just die and then you kind of watch the chaos unfold um so this movie was surprisingly different but it was really fun it was, it was really fun overall just as crazy in the 80s as you would want it to be and uh, I definitely enjoyed it. I enjoyed it far more than I thought I would, honestly. <laughs> I think a couple of years ago, when they used to advertise horror movies, like on sci-fi or back in then, back then when they mm-hmm. had, um, what is it? It was a channel they had, I think I think Thriller or some, some type of channel. And they used to advertise the movie. Uh, Chiller? Yeah, yeah. And they used to advertise that movie along with all the, the sequels that came out of it. And I was just like, I've never seen Sleepaway Camp. I actually want to watch it. It looks very slasherish, you know. To me, I didn't really get like 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 Jason slasher type s. I felt like it was like a babysitter type movie. Like, okay, someone's killing these kids. It's probably a child, probably someone. Like, whatever. That's what I thought this was gonna be about. Kind of was, but also very just yeah. <laughs> that ending. It, it, it's crazy. Did, did you see the trailer prior to watching the movie? um not the trailer itself but i just saw like how when they were advertising i saw how they put the clips together so it kind of made made it seem like okay it's it's someone in the camp killing everybody either a crazy girl or crazy camper whatever that's what i got from it when i i was seeing all these like little trailer and snippets of it i was like okay so it's a camper okay so you have definitely a little more knowledge than i did going into it i didn't know anything also the art where it's like the girl with the knife and i was like okay it's gonna be a slasher of some sort i just don't know what the what any of the story of any of this is or if it's just like one of those everybody dies and it's kind of let's call it a day type films yeah luckily it turned out to be a lot more than that but uh i I went completely blind and i was pleasantly surprised actually to get in some of the some of the like details so we can talk about a little more specifically the plot of the film overall 
I guess you could say it's pretty straightforward, but you know, it opens with this a boat, boat accident where the father and his two children, it's not clear who died and who lived. And then it just does this weird kind of time jump until these kids will get ready to go away from camp. And uh, I'm not going to get into every single detail of the story. There's obviously, spoiler disclaimer, we're going to talk about all of this stuff in detail. I'm not going to walk through every step of the plot, but uh, it's, it, it's pretty straightforward. These kids end up going to camp and then kids start dying. Mostly the kids who are kind of being, to say the least, dicks. <laughs> and you're not sure who's doing it or why or what is necessarily is going on. I, I didn't know what to expect from the plot, honestly. I, I, I didn't know what, it was, what we were really walking into. I mean, they did a really good job with the plot, to be honest. Because, like, I mean, the time skip between the beginning to where they were, it was it was definitely a big jump. And it was just like, okay, obviously they're going to go to this camp where this accident happened. Obviously, you know, remembering Friday 13th, something's going to happen. Some spirit, something's going to come back for vengeance. You already knew right away just by that alone. Like, okay, they're going to go back to the summer camp. Something's going to happen. But then as yeah, the movie progressed, it was just like, wow, did not see that coming. But I like, I like the suspense they had with it where it made you go, he's the killer. She's the killer. He's the killer. That's the killer. You never knew. You didn't even know who it was. You knew it was someone. And it really made you suspect everybody. Like almost everyone was like a red herring. You're like, who the hell is it then? Yeah, they they did that really well, and I would say especially with like the obvious the obvious suspect would be Angela, right? Because of how strange she was from the jump. <laughs> when they introduce Angela, you're like, what's wrong with this girl? She's staring off into the distance. She has the blank stare in her face. She looks like she's about to kill someone just from like existing on screen. And then her cousin, who just seemed like a nice kid, like overall, in my opinion, I think Ricky was a pretty good guy. Like he, he didn't seem like he was really like bothering anybody. You know, he they got into their usual. It was it was a sleepaway camp. So you know, I've never personally been to any like like that or like really any sleepaway camp of any sort growing up in like New York. I've never done that. It seemed like he was a pretty good kid. He was just protective of his family, and people kept messing with her because of how strange she is. Because that's what kids do had a aloof of the craziest kinds of characters, right? Like you had kind of like the jockey kids, you had the girl who was a jerk. Yeah, she was just like crazy mean. And then you had the, the, the boys, of course, you know, boys are boys. So there was, if it wasn't the competition, there was them kind of just battling over who can curse each other out the most, which is so 80s. Yeah. Was, <laughs> there's a little bit of everything kind of happening there that was really, really insane. Even the, the, the staff that worked in the camp, like they were just intricate there was like a real creepy guy who worked there and there was someone who was just yeah. like oh it, it's fine we're fine we're good nothing's happening just ignore it it's a safe place <laughs> yeah the, 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 uh, we definitely know this camp wouldn't have lasted more than two weeks in new york or like in like 2020 because that camp people dying <laughs> the staff is creepy he bought a line trying to sleep with the kids the, uh, like they had the black guy in there who was just kind of like pretty much yes a master like please boss like let's just do it I'm like come on man. I know it's the 80s so I give that a pass you're like dear lord yeah <laughs> and then you <laughs> had the yeah you had the director of the camp saying everything's fine everything's good let's not talk about it let's not talk about what's going on everything is fine it's just like okay whatever you say man but how do you explain a child being killed just now <laughs> yeah i don't know how you explain that to parents i really don't and 
Yeah, there's, 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 there's like the movie definitely left me with a few questions. Like overall, like I know we bouncing around. Like the deaths were awesome. Obviously, we talked about that a little bit. Like the kills were pretty cool. Like I like the way they did them. It was just so different. It wasn't just like everybody being hacked up. They seemed like it kind of catered to like how mean the people that were dying was, which is you know it's normal trope in most horror films. And about the kills, I like how some of the kills were like off screen. You can hear what's happening, yeah. but you're not visually seeing it. But it's making you imagine what's going on. And I, I actually like when movies do that. Now movies could pull that off. Some of them are just like, okay, whatever. But they, this one really did a good job. Like, there's a scene where someone gets bit by bees. You don't see the <laughs> bees, but you hear it and you hear his pain. And you're just like, damn, that I, I'm terrified of bees. So... Yeah, I'll be like, you know, I'm dead. Just, just take me. Yeah, I made it, honey. Just eat my my nectar, whatever. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, at that point, I would just want to die too. Between that and the kid who kind of, who died in the boat, <laughs> that that was like that gotta be a bad way to go. Anything involving water, you just never want to die that way. You almost be better off just getting burnt, like the kid, the chef who <laughs> was on the floor with the bubbles on his face. Like ah, I was like, that's that's a horrible way to go. And he, I don't even think he died. He just went to the hospital. Yeah, that happened today. He he's not coming back alive. <laughs> yeah, he, he's not. He, he's really not. You know what though? One thing. One thing that comes to mind. Like I'm thinking about with the the uh, the the guy who was in charge of the, the camp, who was kind of mad about everything and trying to push it all to the side. I was wondering in part like why he was so angry. Like why did he blame that kid so much? Maybe I kind of missed that. But he just kept blaming Ricky as if like, like Ricky came from a past life and did him wrong for centuries or something. He just had like a weird vendetta against his kid. No, I yeah. Know, you I mean, as to why. <laughs> when that happened and spoiler alert, when they kind of explained the backstory and they show it, it made so much sense where I was just like, that's why he didn't like the kids because he was there with the first incident. And so he already suspected, oh my God, they're coming back for revenge. They're doing this for payback for what happened. And that's what I took from it after we saw the whole backstory about everything. I was like, that's why he's like that. That's why he's treating Ricky like a dick. Yeah, when you put it out to me, I was like, oh, that, that makes perfect sense. But the Santa Mouse was also kind of wearing like, man, how malicious do you think these children are? <laughs> they would conspire to come back and get you. Like, you're a grown man. You think these kids wouldn't conspire to come back and ruin your camp with all this, these crazy mysteries and murders? Like, what is wrong with you? You're an adult. He even beat the kid up at the end when he laid Ricky down and just beat him up. But, you know, there's so many things wrong with that guy because he also had a relationship with one of the kids at the at the camp. So it was like this guy, he wasn't too right in the head. He was just doing all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah, the, that girl, one of the mean girls. Yep, the, the mean girl that was friends with Judy. He had like a relationship with her or it seemed like he was trying to start a relationship with her. Well, she was one of the counselors. But, yeah, she was pretty young, but she was one of the counselors in the camp. But yeah, she was definitely younger than how he was. Yeah, he looked like he was in like his 40s. No, he looked like his 50s, maybe. And she was maybe 16 if, if, at most. Yeah, like it's 80s, man, the 80s. Just <laughs> yeah, the 80s, it was, the 80s is definitely a different time. And the movie felt very 80s, you know, from the short shorts, the, <laughs> the tightest crop tops for all the dudes with muscles. I forgot the counselor's name who just looked like Tony Danza, who was like really muscular. <laughs> Harry I'm like, this guy looks like he's 30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's going on with this guy? He was just like super buff for no reason to be a camp counselor. So it's, it's, this whole 
all of these people just such crazy characters in one space and like this movie is so it's two eighties almost so, like, but it was amazing yeah like it definitely was like especially the language they chose how they talked the slang words the curse words like so eighties like eighties oh, yeah and like uh I, the, the the documentary that they have about the the movie the uh, the legacy of sleepaway camp. And the the kid who played Ricky, he said he got the gig pretty much from that scene where he cursed out the guys on the, on top of the house. He was like, well, the, the director pretty much was like, hey, uh, just kind of tell me off. And he just kind of went off with the guy. And he was like, wow, he gets the job. It was definitely interesting. And it was also interesting. I mean, it's, it's amazing how, like, the actress who plays Angela, who was 13 at the time, like, that was her first role. Like, that was her first, like, when she went to do casting, it was either do a Pepsi commercial or a horror movie. And then the director was just like, hey, you, you look this way. We're going to put you in this movie. And it was just like, wow. Like, she really appreciates that role, too, because like, that kind of started her career, that whole movie. Yeah, she she was uh, she was definitely very emotional in the documentary she was talking about. It. She was like, who would have thought this little film that nobody really thought much of kind of turned my life into what it was? That we kind of have to talk about the twist of the movie because that's just the most iconic thing about the film is that ending on her face. <laughs> and you mentioned it at the top, but that, that that scene is hilarious for a lot. Like it's terrifying, but also kind of funny at the same time because it's just so it's so random. Like everything is coming to terms at the end of the movie. Everyone who's kind of, they wanted to kill off, they kill off. And then it's kind of like the last person who was essentially became her love interest. She meets on the beach and you think they're going to have like a sweet night. And then she's like laying there caressing his dead body. Headless body. Sitting there butt naked. Her head, yeah, her, his headless body. Like he's caressing his head that has no body. And she makes that insane look on her face while standing there completely in the nude with a penis. It was a penis. And it's, it's, it's crazy because like in a documentary, we found out that the writers and directors did not even tell the cast about all the certain themes in the movie. Like they had no idea that, you know, Angela and her brother, well, Peter, which is really Angela's name. We find out that Angela's actually a boy, but Peter and his sister had same sex parents. We, we found that out. And we found out that, yeah, Angela's really Peter. Peter's really Angela. She was kind of forced to be a girl from her crazy aunt who was just like, I want a daughter. And they didn't know about that. The cast did not know about it until filming was being done. And then when it came to the final scene, they were just like, what the hell? What? I know the director, like, he was kind of trying to figure out how to separate the film from being just like a generic slasher and he felt like the ending was the best point to do that and where things are kind of come together as you said like we find out that angela is actually either really her brother and her father died in the boating accident not her but then her, her aunt who adopts her her husband apparently like leaves her and then she kind of decides she wants to make peter a girl and it's uh it's very weird i did uh, i know she, in the beginning she mentioned that she kind of like falsified some documents to kind of get Angela to be approved to go away to camp and all of that stuff. But in the documentary, the, the actress who plays her mentions that the character is kind of delusional and doesn't realize that she isn't a doctor, which uh, kind of brings a lot of questions to mind. How did she falsify these documents? So that's, that's really interesting. But that, that character in herself was very like almost Mary Poppins-ish, the way she was acting, just kind of like really colorful and over the top in the way that you almost don't even expect the character to be in a horror film. 
I thought she was yeah, a robot. That was definitely unique. She, she kind of seemed like one. Yeah, like in the beginning, I I kept saying I was like, I think she's a robot. Either she's the robot or she's the killer who's killing the campers. Because she's just like, okay, boys and girls, you're gonna enjoy camp. Yes, you are. Although, and she will always say that and whisper little things. I'm just like, they're almost crazy. What's wrong with her? She's creepy. Yeah, it was like she's it's something wrong. It's like she's insane. It's it's really interesting what they kind of did with her character in particular, because despite her being on screen for what maybe three minutes, she somehow stands out like really heavily. And then then also, of course, plays a big role in what like the whole reveal is that. Peter is actually Angela, which is which that just opens up a whole other can of worms in my mind. I'm like, man, these people have been tormenting Angela every step of the way this whole trip, and her cousin is trying to protect her in any way that he can. And people just keep messing with him, well, messing with him to the point where now he's murdering people. Leave people alone. Just sometimes leave people alone. Yeah, I think it was a time when the mean girl Judy was getting murdered. And we finally did see who the killer was, and it's a yes. really fast glimpse. At first, you're like, "Wait, is it Ricky? Is it Angela?" And then at one point, you were just like, "I think it's a mixture of both. It looks like a mixture of both. I don't know. It's, it's a hybrid of them." And I was like, "Oh my god, it's the ghost of of the sun. It's probably the ghost of Peter. I knew yeah. it." And then, boom, Angela was Peter the whole time. I'm just like, "What?" Yeah, in the, in, in the documentary, they even point out that like. They used they used Ricky for that scene. They kind of threw a wig on him to kind of because they it would they would they wanted they knew it wasn't, they wanted it to be Angela, but they they wanted to use Peter for that scene. And apparently they used his hand for a lot of scenes because you can see that his it, there were scenes where like she was trying to do something. The hands clearly weren't Angela's hands. It was definitely someone else's. So they they kind of add just a, a level of like quirky awareness to it, where it's like like guess this isn't that person, but then they're like no it is. So that that's really interesting. That's, no, yeah, definitely. Like again, it, it was like a, a a train ride of red herrings. It has to be this person. It has to be that person. Is this person? Like I for a lot for a while, yeah, I thought when I saw the hand, I was just like, it, it probably is Ricky, or it's probably that crazy camp director. Like you, you really never suspected Angela. You kind of did a bit. But never to the point that made you go, yeah, she's definitely the killer. Until after certain events were happening, they were just like, maybe she is the killer. Yeah, they, I would say they definitely did a decent job with it. Even even in knowing or believing that it is her, there's so many things happening around around the camp that you kind of like, well, if it isn't, that's okay. But if even if it is, I kind of want to know the motive behind all this stuff, which. Kind of, I know the film kind of became a cult classic to a lot of people, but it also kind of had like a little bit of that. There's theories and different things around it. So there's some people kind of question whether or not Ricky actually knew Angela's secret or not. Like, what do you think? I think he did. Because considering the fact that she was adopted at a young age from his mom, a.k.a. her kooky aunt, um, she brought him in and basically was like, OK, I'm going to have I'm going to make a little girl. I think maybe at one point he probably did see something or maybe didn't get that far. But I think maybe he did kind of know because he was super protective of Angela. Like he was always being like, leave her alone. Don't talk to her. Don't go near her and all this stuff. And I feel like in some way, maybe he did. And if he didn't, then that was a pretty good secret she kept. 
that that is true. I, I think he did. I think he did as well. I think that's. I think that's the only way to really explain a lot of it. Granted, he's a kid as well, so you know, there's that element of he could probably not really have an idea of what some of the things even mean. But at the same time, you know, the '80s they definitely treated children very differently in film and in story. So I I feel like he, he knew, but you know, he was also like at the end of the day, it's still my cousin. I think that's kind of the approach he took with it. So that's why he was super protective because it wasn't even it, it wasn't protective in a way where it was, uh, let's say, like abusive or like over the top. It was just kind of like, well, can you guys leave her alone? Like you're throwing her in water, you're throwing water at her, you're, you're attacking her any chance you get. You're talking about her behind her back. You're saying all these crazy things like, can you just leave the girl alone if she's not bothering you? <laughs> Which is like everybody wants that kind of cousin. So I, I would definitely say I feel like he he knew. I feel like he knew. He's just, you know, he's a kid and he accepted his cousin for who he was. Yeah, because the other thing, too, is that if he didn't know, then she probably, I'm talking about the mom now, she probably mm-hmm. did bring up the whole thing like, oh, she witnessed her brother and her father die in this horrendous accident. Let's just treat her this way. Let's, let's keep her this way, blah, blah, blah. And that's probably also, if he didn't know, that's also probably why he was also protective of her, if he didn't know because of what she went through, which is why she was kind of mute through the whole entire movie until halfway done. And she wasn't really talkative. She was very like isolated to herself, but her behavior is probably something else but from her aunt brainwashing her thinking, okay, you're not Peter, you're a girl now. So that's, that's probably why she was kind of like, you know, quiet. Yeah, and- that, that, that would make sense. It, it, like her, it's not, it would seem more like uh, it became a coping mechanism for how to deal with the situation, to just not say anything at all, especially after, you know, you, uh, experiencing the tragedy of losing family firsthand, like that's traumatizing in itself, regardless of age, then being a child and kind of getting into that, that's, that's a whole another level of, of like tragedy and depression that could come with that. And to think that then you're the adopted parent, essentially to kind of decide to take your life in this particular route because of it. And, and you know, they never really portrayed whether or not uh, Peter or Angela Peter really was like for or against it. And like, and I don't think they even, so I know there was some discussion where people say, the film, some people say anyway, that the film can be perceived as like transphobic or homophobic, but I don't necessarily agree with that because I don't, I don't get the impression that Peter is killing people because his aunt forced him to be a woman. I don't get that impression at all. I, I more so get the impression that Peter is killing people because everybody keep bothering Peter. People just need to leave Peter alone. Peter probably wouldn't kill nobody. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, it's, a, it's, a def- it's a definitely touchy subject. Like, I kind of understand why they say it, especially with the big reveal that, oh my God, Angela's really Peter. Ah, I get why some folk will feel that way. It's just like, oh, so is, are, are all trans people killers now? And I mean, we've seen it in media as well. It's not just this movie. We've seen it in other forms of media, film, shows, whatever. So I get it. Um, but I didn't I didn't get that as I was watching it. Cause again, I didn't know. No one I did not foresee that ending. Um I didn't really see the I, I probably missed the signs of it being homophobic when I first saw it. Cause I did not get those vibes. Cause again, I had no idea what I was getting into with this movie. I didn't read anything beforehand. I, I was just like going this blindly. And but I get why people may feel a certain way about it, because I think the director of the camp also wasn't really fond of the relationship 
that Angela and Peter parents had. So they probably were just like, eh. Because, I mean, if you think about in the 80s, this was a time when, like, that was a very touchy subject in society, you know, being gay and stuff. That was very touchy back in the 80s. So I could understand why that would be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. But the only thing I would say is that the forcing of a gender on a child, that was definitely, like, kind of abusive. Like, you don't, yes. you don't force that on a child unless they want to, you know, be like, okay, yeah, but, you know, Peter was so, like, straw, he had wraps around his head, he had no idea what the hell he was green, so he was just like, mm. but, um, yeah. but, yeah, but, yeah, like, again, like, I, I understand people feel it's, it's transphobic because it does give that whole taboo of, like, oh, I guess all trans people are killer because, again, we see it, other media. But at the same time, it, it has so much mixed reviews it, from both sides, from the LGBT community, community. You know, some say like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And some say it was terrible, you know, but I mean, I get it. You know, I get it. I agree. Like, it's, you can kind of take it however you choose and take it, right? Like most things. It's, I always say the argument with, with things like this, where people kind of feel so definitive that maybe it is something like negative. I, I always try to compare it to situations where like, where black black people's representation in, in media, like being black, you, you see how black people are represented in media until like fairly recently, where it's like whether you're a criminal or or your I don't know your drug kingpin or something like that. And to tell you the truth, I don't even hundred percent have a problem with those roles. But a lot of the time, I have problems with how those roles are portrayed. It's like it's easy to call somebody evil when you don't know their backstory. And, and it's funny that people understand that when it comes to like Marvel films and like Thanos and characters like that, where they give them such tragic backstories that their motives and intentions seem justifiable. But when you strip that away from a character, a character, in my opinion, becomes just evil. Like they, mm -hmm. they're not even human. They're, nothing is justified. And then at least in this particular case, they under you you get so much of that in even in small small short flashbacks. You get so much of that from the story of Peter or Angela, however you want to go about it. You get such so much of that from like finding out what happened with her aunt, finding out what happened to her dad and to her brother, finding out what happens. Even when they have that like that short clip where they show like the two men having sex in the bed and Peter apparently like they're showing it as if like Peter saw it. Which mm -hmm. man like Peter and like that scene was a little bit confusing to me, like it and like in a moment of when it was happening, because it kind of came out of nowhere. Like it was so it's kinda like I'm not sure what the definition of it is, but considering it seems that their his aunt lost her husband due to him being gay, cheating on him with a man and leaving mm -hmm. her. I was like, Oh, okay, I guess Peter must have seen them as well. And it, like cause they don't necessarily explain that. So maybe even Peter Peter saw it and the mother also found out and Peter just never forgot about that. Maybe Peter never liked men. Like we don't know. We don't know the yeah. sexuality, the sexuality that there. Cause that could be why he killed the guy, the guy at the end. Cause the guy, I wouldn't say the only thing he did wrong really was like, you know, when Judy was hitting on him, she he kissed Judy, <laughs> but that was really it. Judy was obviously terrible. So kind of expected her to get it. But that kid, I didn't necessarily expect that. I think, yeah, I think, like her killing her love interest was definitely like oh did not see that coming but the same thing i kind of did because at this point you know angela has had it she had it with the bullying because like everybody bullied her without even knowing what she who she was and 
when she starts killing all the kids that torment her or torment her cousin <clears throat> or even the ones that tormented her love interest at the time with the bees like that was just her way of being like i'm gonna get revenge for the bullying is gonna stop and then her killing her love interest i guess in a sense she did it yeah because he kind of betrayed her because <laughs> you know he got up got together with judy and judy had a comment i'm just gonna say that but she had that coming. She <laughs> deserved that death. Um, she was mean, but but yeah, but the way she killed him was very like gruesome. Like she beheaded him and then stroking his head in her lap, <laughs> like reminding me of freaking this anime where the same thing happened, where the girl was just, like stroking her love interest beheaded head and like, oh, we're gonna be together forever. And I'm just like, oh, okay, 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 girl. I kind of wonder in one in one way if, if she if if angela killed him because cause she was naked so i'm wondering if like she revealed herself to him and then he didn't accept it and then oh. that was why she killed him because that's the only thing that can the only other justifier before reason not just not necessarily justified but that's only good reason i can come up with because other than that they were kissing throughout the entire film and, and she he was the one person i would say that angela was even responsive to and then when she spoke he was like oh wow gee golly he was like oh my gosh she actually spoke to me like that's awesome so it seemed like they had a pretty decent like interaction throughout the entire film. So I, that's the only reason I could come up with for Peter to kind of just go fuck it, lose his mind at the end and just kill him. And then just kind of stand there covered with that crazy face, just going, oh my God. And everyone's going, oh, it's a boy. Like that, was, that scene cracked me up because the way he said it was so hilarious. <laughs> and I, that's, that, that's the only justifiable reason I could come up with for that. Other than that, I can't, I can't, I can't think of why she would have killed him. Yeah, because everybody, yeah, everybody else was justifiable in a way why she killed him. Because the bullying, the teasing, picking on her cousin, picking on that guy, and like, killing him in the most gruesome way was just like, I mean, also, remember when he was trying to be intimate with her, she really didn't want to touch. She was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Stop it. And he's just like, oh, okay. And that's when Judy, mean girl Judy, was just like, uh -huh, I'm ready. And I'm just like, oh, shut up, Judy. <laughs> And Judy was definitely the worst. Judy. Judy. She was something else. She make a t-shirt that said, I hate Judy. I think everyone would get that because it should, this movie has such a cult following now. Even the cast in the documentary couldn't believe how many people kind of love it now. Yeah. And then going back to the whole theme of the movie that the, the actor who plays Ricky, he was saying in the, the movie, I mean, the documentary, he was just like, he felt this movie was more about bullying. Like I mentioned before, like, just mm -hmm. her getting back at the bullies who were just mean to her, mean to something that's for like, you know, I don't want to say foreign, but something that's unusual, you know, because she didn't like to be in the water. She didn't like to talk. She didn't like to socialize. She just wanted to be by herself. And <clears throat> again, as the movie progressed, you realize, okay, her fear of water because of the accident she witnessed. You know, she lost yeah. her parent and her, her sibling to a, a boating accident in the water. So I'm sure that's why she's terrified of the water, not socializing and being dismissive and being, uh, it's, it's probably just the trauma of what she went through and the trauma her aunt put her through by being like, well, I'm going to have a little girl now and you're going to like it. It's just like, I would be traumatized, to be honest, if I was adopted to a family and then they just tell me, so you're going to be this now because I want you to be that way. Yeah, I don't even know how you react in this situation, especially as a kid. You listen to authority figures, and you can't—you don't really have much say. Like it just kind of is. Your parents or whoever's taking care of you has a hundred percent sway over your life. So, 
there's not much to really say there. It was, I, I don't even know how you deal with that, but it, I enjoyed it overall. It was, it was a really good movie, really fun movie. May check out the sequels at some point and see if they live up to the first one. I have doubts because, you know, sequels are always iffy. I think there's like what? Like, then there's four or five? <laughs> like, it's, it's like, I think there's three. Uh, I think it's two or three after the first one. And then there's an official one that actually dismisses what happens to three, four, whatever. That's a real sequel, which I mean, it happens a lot in horror movies anyway. It's always that one movie is like, we're dismissing what happened there. So this is the real sequel. And the actress who plays Angela returns in that, you know, sequel. That's the official sequel of Sleepaway Camp. Do you have any more last comments? Again, when when we first watched this and the movie finished, I said, I thought we we're just going to watch a slasher movie about kids just being murdered by a like, whatever. I did not expect it to be that way. The ending, I was just like, yeah, this is going to be one of those movies that <sighs> that just haunts me. And this time you didn't pick it. It was me. Usually you pick movies like that. I can go, what the hell can that do? <laughs> <laughs> this this was your fault. I'll put this on you, but it was a good choice. I will forever remember this movie. This movie will never leave my psyche. Uh, her face in that position will never leave my psyche. Uh, yeah, this is this was great overall. This is this was fantastic. We're definitely gonna revisit this. Yeah. And also, we gotta talk about how it was made. The ending. Because at the whole time, oh, I was like, God. how did it happen? How? Like, I was like looking at it. I was like, wait, is this a real person? <laughs> like, how did they do this? Yeah, they said they, they basically, I'm, I think it was one of the, the effects guys. He said that originally we wanted, to, we knew we would have to do the gender reveal, so we wanted to do a cast of a penis. And he said, as we were making it, everyone realized that this was not a good idea. And, yeah, cause, uh, um, because again, like Angela, the actress plays Angela, she was 13. And her mom was always on set and her mom was like, this yeah. is not going to happen. This is not going to fight. And also it was illegal at the time too, to use a minor in that manner. So they were like, how the hell are we going to do this? And that's when they found some random guy, some random college guy. It was just like, okay, we're going to shave you head to toe and you're going to just be naked. And they did a cast, a cast, right, of Angela's face? Yes. Yeah. They had to do a cast of her face. And he uh, apparently they had to get him drunk because he felt very awkward about it. And uh, according to the documentary, they said to this day, he never revealed who he was so, like in the scene. The guy, the guy who did that scene has never revealed himself. He's just kind of, I guess he's trying, he's probably still trying to drink that problem away. He's not, and I don't blame him because that's such an odd request. But uh, they, it, it led to an iconic scene in a film that's like super loved. So it makes perfect sense. It's just, I, I can't imagine being that guy. If somebody goes, hey, we need you to like strip down nude and then hide behind his cast of a, a little girl. That's that's a lot. That's a lot. I'm sure when he's drunk, he mentions it and then forgets <laughs> that he mentions it. It's just like, oh, remember when you mentioned the story of people wake camp? He's just like, I don't know about That wasn't me. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a some guy in a drunk bar every Friday talking about this. I have no doubts. I have no doubts at all. And it makes that face with the sound she made. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> he probably cries when people just mention the film. He just thinks about it. But yeah. uh, all right, cool. So that all right. So last thing, like if you had to rate the film, our, our rating system is, is straightforward and simple. Was it a yarn? As the boring movie? Was it scary? 
Was something that you loved, or was it like uh, neutral, unamused? Or how would you rate it overall? Um, let me see. Happy face. You can do it was happy i mean it's not part of our rating system but i mean it didn't scare me it wasn't a scary film um it wasn't boring because i really enjoyed it and i was i was very amused by it <laughs> so so i would say happy face yeah it didn't scare me it was just really good it was a really good slasher movie you know despite all the controversies around it and whatnot that horrid ending that i cannot stop thinking about um, I want to blame you for it, but I know it's my fault this time. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I would just say happy face. What about you? Great. No, I, I agree. I would definitely say, uh, I'll probably say shocked versus scared. I, I was more shocked by anything else. The movie was better than I thought. I'm always a fan of any horrors that take place in the 80s because, you know, it's just a unique time. Like, I, I grew up in 89, so I didn't get necessarily get to experience it like a lot of people were older. But uh, films that usually take place in a time period always like interesting, always really fun, and always like just it's like a whole new world. It's a completely different world to what we live in now in 2020. So I loved it. Definitely wasn't born. I was definitely shocked throughout and had a lot of good laughs. I like I agree with you. It wasn't necessarily scary. Where I wanted to like hide under a pillow or anything like that. But I had just some moments that were shocking, and I was. That's kind of all I need out of a decent horror movie, so I'll take it. We're not sure what we're going to review next week. You will find out when we find out. <laughs> so for the next episode, just be on the lookout, and we'll get back to you guys when you get a chance. Have a good one. And don't Ooh. forget to check it over. It's my ghost voice. <laughs> I love that. Have a good one, guys.